It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 811 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, October the 26th. Happy birthday to Andrea Bargnani, of course. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked on Podcast Network. Locked on MLB had an emergency episode after that batshit insane finish to game four of the World Series. Go listen to that, and then go listen to the recap of game five from last night along with locked on Dodgers and locked on Rays covering the World Series in depth it's been an amazing series if you're a baseball fan and even if you're just like a casual sports fan so go and check out those shows to get the latest on the World Series game six goes tomorrow night all right on today's show we are diving back into draft stuff as the uh very very long lag time between the end of the finals and the NBA draft continues on and for the next two days I'll be joined by a wonderful guest to dive into all things draft as it pertains to the Raptors on today's show we're going to talk about Dan Tolzman addressing the media last week talking about the uh, sort of depth of the draft around where the Raptors are picking the number of guys they're looking at somewhere in the range of 50, he said, or guys that they're looking at with 29. And we will, of course, dive into some specific guys as well, including two guys worked out by the Raptors, Malachi Flynn and uh, Devon Dotson, who I believe we talked about a couple months back with our guest for today, our guest to take us through the NBA draft in a way that only he can as a wonderful YouTuber and Twitter account. It is our pal Robel back on the podcast at Robel Tussin on Twitter. Sub me and coaches the YouTube page. Robel, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for, thanks for having me. 
I'm good, man. So happy to have you back. It's nice to have, as someone myself who is a draft dummy and does not uh, do nearly as much homework as I probably should learning learning about these guys, it's really, really awesome to be able to have you on because you do some incredible work, incredible breakdowns. Recent posts from you include a breakdown of Isaac Okoro, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Maxey, a bunch of sleepers as well, four sleepers that people should look at in the draft uh, from a month back. People should go check out your YouTube account because it is freaking great um before we get to raptors specific draft stuff in the form of tolzman's comments as well as dotson and flynn i do want to sort of talk about the breaking news in the nba that came down on friday that the nba seems to be headed towards a start a restart of the 2020 2021 season on december 22nd and that would leave them room for 72 games with a two-week break in between somewhere no all-star game and ideally i guess being done just before the olympics so people can go and play in that which seems maybe like those olympics shouldn't happen but that's besides the point uh <laughs> robel what was your reaction to this news? I, frankly, was pretty surprised that we're apparently less than two months away from the first game of the 2020-2021 season. Also, considering we're like a month away from the draft still, or three weeks. Uh, but what was your first reaction when you heard uh, this announcement, all this reporting coming out from the various insiders on Friday? Um, at first, I was happy as a fan because, you know, you know, you love the NBA, you just love basketball. But then you realize it's like it's so early and then, I just don't think uh, that's like that day is realistic at all. I really mm. think it's going to get moved back. Like, I know they want to aim to have like the same uh, type of schedule as like, you know, the, the other years, but I think it's just way too early. Like there's just so many factors that get into it that, yeah, that day is just not realistic to me, but it sounds exciting though. Like, yeah, I mean, we're about to go into like deep quarantine again. So I, I'm open to the idea of watching basketball. That's for damn sure. But I'm with you. I, I mean, I didn't believe that the bubble would happen and they pulled it off without a hitch. So I, I guess I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they can pull this off. I have my concerns considering there's not going to be a bubble and they'll be traveling. Although it sounds as though they might do sort of baseball style series. So if you go to a city, you play all your games against that team and get them out in one shot. And we still don't even know where the Raptors are actually going to be playing considering it seems very unlikely that in the next two months, things will have changed enough for the Canadian government to allow uh, over over the border travel without 14 days of quarantine for all these teams. So that still needs to be ironed out. In terms of how this affects the Raptors, that might be one part of it, just the quick turnaround being maybe a sign that they're going to be starting in the States as their home base. But I'm curious sort of what you think, Robel, as far as how the quick restart on December 22nd would affect the Raptors in particular. Um, hmm, I don't... Honestly, I don't really have like that much of an opinion on it because I don't know I'm just like not really that interested into like you know the stuff outside of like real encore basketball yeah like I just let like I'm just like all right let's just see what happens that's that's <laughs> always my uh, mentality mm -hmm. but yeah it's just gonna it's it's a tough challenge I think I heard we all heard the rumors that they're gonna play in Louisville and then uh the Raptors players didn't want that because obviously the the BLM movement, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And yeah, it's just, it's just stuff gets so complicated. Even when you thought about that, it's just, that's why I was just like, it's going to be really unrealistic for like the NBA to get back so quickly. And just with no bubble, it's like, there's going to be some cases happening. Like the, 
the margin of error gets so much bigger. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they're gonna pull this off. I kind of doubt it, even though they did the bubble thing. Like the bubble was went perfect, basically, and but it's they're in, they're in a bubble. They're in an isolated space. So if they're traveling, stuff is gonna go around for sure. So yeah, I, don't know, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit easier, I guess, to move around a 15-person NBA team than it is to move around an NFL team, which obviously the NFL is having a ton of issues with cases and things like that. I also feel like the NBA might just like, you know, football brain is a hell of a thing. And I think that has led to a lot of teams kind of maybe skirting the rules a bit in the name of practice or whatever it is. I feel like the NBA might be better able to sort of legislate what players are and aren't allowed to do. But for the Raptors in particular, I, I mean... You know, it's going to be the same situation for everybody. Obviously, if it's less than two months away, I think it's like I said off the top, I think it's more likely the Raptors have to start in the state somewhere. Hopefully it's somewhere sensible that's not akin to Louisville, even though that's already been shut down. It just put them in New York. That feels like the easy thing to me. But um, I- I'm hoping that it, you know, they can get I'm glad I'm glad they're at least talking about where the Raptors are going to play right now because that was not a thing with the Blue Jays where they were like a week away from the start of the season and still assumed they were playing in Toronto so it's good that there seem to be no assumptions about what the Raptors are doing and they're going to be working with the government and working with um, whatever potential home sites and so that's handy but I did also talk last Thursday about how I thought potentially the lack of certainty about where the Raptors go could kind of affect their free agency a little bit because, you know, that might be a deciding factor for a guy thinking about signing with the Raptors. If there is uncertainty about where that person's actually going to be living for the next six months of their life on year one of this contract with the Raptors, that seems to me like it could kind of put the Raptors out of the running for a few guys. If there is sort of a a similar offer out there from another team that knows where they're going to be. So this sort of expedited timeline, certainly, hurts the Raptors in that regard, I think, because it just seems kind of unreasonable that within like 58 days, we're going to see a resolution to where the Raptors are going to be. But it's also very hard to predict anything in this environment. And I guess we should just wait and see, because I feel like the NBA has at least proven they'll do their due diligence on this kind of thing, which I guess is encouraging if you're an NBA or Raptors fan. Um, There was also the note about the cap yesterday potentially going down. I feel like that's smoke and mirrors because the owners, they're just fine. And they're probably just going to work in some sort of increased escrow to help balance out the, uh, the player and owner split and sort of affect paychecks going forward in future years as opposed to dropping the cap in sort of an artificial way uh, between three and 12 million, I think was the report that came out last night. Uh, I think from Mark Spears, that seems pretty unrealistic to me. So we'll keep an eye on the cap thing. Cause obviously the Raptors have a lot of cap juggling to do, not just this year, but next year. And if anything important pops up there, we'll get to it. But for now, Let's move to draft stuff, Robel. We're going to get to that in just a second. We're going to talk about Dan Tolzman, who addressed the media last week, I believe on Friday, talking about the nature of the 2020 NBA draft and where the Raptors sit at 29 and the wide range of prospects they're looking at. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which you know by now, it is the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. It's so good. And they have six new flavors as well, joining their original lineup of 12 flavors for you to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake apple almond crisp all join the lineup that originally included flavors like mint brownie banana bread and my all-time favorite toffee almond bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and they're great for the health conscious person as well you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat and bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for keto diets as well really can't recommend it enough i usually have a built bar when i'm going out for a bike ride or something like that i don't want to be weighed down with like a heavy lunch or anything and so i'll just have a built bar it'll give me the energy i need to get through my ride 
come home and then I can flake and do the things I typically do uh, <laughs> and play video games. A few of the flavors to try as well. The new ones include Cherry Barcia and Cookies and Cream, and they both have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. That is so much less than the other protein bars out there. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you're going to get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. And also, you're going to get 20% off when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's it. 20% off to get uh, uh, off your next order, that is, when you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you go to BuiltBar.com. Go there right now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Robel, let's dive into Dan Tolzman's comments from last week, in particular his mention that the 2020 draft is kind of flat after a certain point once you get out of the lottery area and there's just like a wide swath of players the Raptors are currently looking at. He, the number he threw out there was 50. Obviously, they will not be taking 50 players with their one pick at 29, but it does lead to a lot of options, and it leads to very difficult preparation if you cover the Raptors and are hoping to sort of have like a pre-written thing and like a ready-made take for the pick on draft night. feels like preparing 50 pre-written uh, draft profiles is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So I'll ask you, Robel, do you agree with what Dan Tolzman's saying, that there is sort of a flat part of this draft that the Raptors kind of sit right in the middle of, uh, of right now and sort of how if you're the Raptors or when you're sort of doing this yourself and sort of evaluating guys, how do you sort of differentiate between, you know, the top and bottom of that sort of large pool that Dan Tolzman's talking about? Um, it always depends on like, there's always a couple guys that are going to drop that, you know, you might've thought they were going to go late lottery and they drop all the way down to 30. So you never like, you always got to factor that in, but yeah, the way it's looking right now, if like every team was like smart enough to make the right pick, it does get kind of flat after like 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like 25 to like 40, it's like the all kind of the same cal- caliber of players. And um, I do think since they're uh, interviewing or looking at so many prospects that they are going to look at the option of trading down if they don't like, they don't absolutely love a guy. At 29, so I do think they'll, like, trade for, like, 35 and, like, 38 or something like that. Right. Um, so they'll, uh, they'll definitely ex- uh, explore that trade option. But I think every team will want to do that, too. So it's, like, every team is basically going to want to trade down uh, in this draft. And that, that it's going to be hard because, you know, like, no one really wants the high pick. But, yeah, that's – I just think they're going to do – I think they're just doing the due the diligence because they're really interested you know they they're really invested into the ufda market so they gotta just try to accumulate as much information as possible so they can get you know summer league guys guys in the 905 so i feel like they use the draft um process for all of that too so that's why they're looking at so many guys 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, we know what the Raptors do with guys kind of plucked out of nowhere. And, you know, there's that's not for no reason. Like, I mean, the, the, that's not just like dumb luck that they just find these guys. These are guys they talk about, they talk to, they target. And the, like there's a reason a lot of these guys end up on the Raptors after they're undrafted. Um, or, you know, they go late in the in the second round because they've they've done their due diligence on them. So I, I guess when you're sort of looking, you said that 25 to 40 range, what to you sort of differentiates the top of that range to the bottom? Is it a certain skill? Is it just kind of team by team and, and position? Or when you're drafting at that point in the draft, is drafting for, for position kind of silly anyway? Um, I mean, I think you should draft a position because once you get that low, it's kind of like contender teams and they might as well just add like a, experienced college player or like vet that will fill like a need so i think you know that that's that's a good pick at um a guy a rotation level player that could play in the playoffs if you can get him in like the early second or the late first that's a very good pick so i feel like that's what teams try to target and it's not specifically positions it's just like a like whatever you need if you need a wing maybe actually the wings are kind of scarce there there's not a lot of wings later in the draft but there's a lot of guards and there's a lot of big so yeah if you need either one of those there's a lot of them so yeah totally makes sense is there sort of you know do you have a favorite guy in that sort of range you know a particular guy who you feel like when you get to 25 26 like the first teams in that rundown should be hopping on that prospect or again is it sort of like a wide group for you yeah i have a couple um i was like grant riller xavier tillman and i've been recently really liking isaiah joe Mm -hmm. and i know we're going to talk about him later but yeah those three guys are my favorites and also um if leandro bomaro and Jaden mcdaniels uh fall there's like a real chance of them, you know, just getting to 29. Then I'd pick them too because I really like them as prospects, but it's not like you can count on them uh, going all the way down to 29. So, yeah, those are like all of my guys. So I want to ask you about Jaden McDaniels. We talked about Balmaro when you were on a couple months back. We're going to talk about Tillman and Joe uh, on tomorrow's episode. And then we're also, we've also talked about Grant Riller as well on that episode when you first appeared on the podcast. So let's talk about Jaden McDaniels. What is the uh, sort of story on him? And if he slips down to 29, is he someone that the Raptors should certainly jump on? So um, Jaden McDaniels was compared to as the next KD in high school. He's a uh, 6'10", with ball handling ability, pull-up shooting, and he was supposed to be um, a number one pick contender. And then Washington happened. He went to the University of Washington, <laughs> and um, their, their lead guard, Quad Green, missed a lot of games, and they just didn't really have anyone to initiate the offense. So Jaden had to initiate the offense at, like, 19 years old, and he wasn't already a good decision maker. And, yeah, well, when you look at his turnovers, you see um, – you see, you see why he wasn't really fit in that role. So, um, but I think, like, he uh, – there's a lot to like there. He does have pull-up shooting ability at 6'10". There's not a lot of guys that can do that. He does have some uh, wiggle and ball handling ability. There's not a lot, a lot of guys that can dribble at his size. Um, the decision-making is awful. We're going to – it has to be fixed in the Raptors 905. But he's a freshman – and on the defensive side, 
uh, Washington played a lot of zone. So we unfortunately didn't get to see him like really play man to man defense. You know, I didn't, I don't have a good gauge on his on ball defense, but his team defense is very good. And his secondary rim protection is actually very advanced. He, he, I think, I don't know. He did average over a block a game, maybe closer to two, but yeah, he, he like tries to swat everything at the rim. And I think that's a very good fit in the Raptors offense because you have Jaden out there, you have Siakam out there, you have OG out there. It's not a lot of shots you can get at the rim, you know? So I would love that uh, fit defensively. And then offensively, um, I think he's going to be a good shooter. He shot 34% from three, but I like he did. Um, I just, you know, the, what's it called? The difficult attempts are there. The shot looks very good. And the only problem with him is he just settles for a lot of um, long twos and tries to self-create a little bit too much. I don't think he's like a creator prospect. I don't think he's the next KD or anything. Thing. I want to let him ha- have a lot of on-ball responsibility, but him being like a two-way three and D four is certainly possible. And I think I would really like that at six at his size for our team. Yeah, I, I, that sounds good to me, man. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's an intriguing sounding prospect, and you know the Raptors. I think you know if there is some sort of poor decision making there in terms of shot selection and whatnot the raptors feel like an organization that can kind of iron that sort of stuff out um with g league time and just sort of the way that they play and also hey he played a lot of zone he'll be right at home with nick nurse uh, <laughs> sounds good to me um we're going to continue on and uh wrap up the show on the other side we're going to talk about a pair of guys who worked out with the raptors over the course of the weekend and we will dive into what they may look like one of them we already kind of talked about previously but we'll dive a little bit more in depth into devon dot and then Malachi Flint is the other guy who the Raptors worked out, who uh, is sort of a favorite of a lot of draft internet people. A lot of Raptors fans seem to be quite into Malachi Flynn as well. So we'll get to them on the other side. But first, a reminder, make sure you're checking out Locked on NBA every single day as they cover you in the lead up to the draft and also cover all of the developments with whatever the hell the 2020-2021 season is going to look like. Check it out, Locked on NBA and your favorite podcast provider. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Robel, let's uh, let's dive in here. Malachi Flynn, he uh, a guard from San Diego State, I believe, worked out with the Raptors over the weekend. He is a favorite of a lot of people, sort of a dynamic pick-and-roll operating guard as sort of the things I have read about them have suggested. What is your breakdown of Malachi Flynn and his potential fit with the Raptors at number 29? Yeah, so... Malachi is a 6'1", 185-pound point guard. Um, Like you said, he's a very, very good pick-and-roll player. Like, maybe top, I think top three in the class. And as a scorer, probably top one, maybe. And, yeah, he has the pull-up shooting. He has an amazing floater. And he has nice dribble moves. Like, he can, he doesn't always, all the way get to the rim. But he can get to the floater, and he's very good at splitting pick and rolls as well. So he's just a very dynamic guard, just a hooper. Not the most athletic guy, but, um, you know, like 
doesn't really need that because he's a very good shooter. He shot uh, 37% from three on difficult attempts, 86% from the free throw line. So, yeah, he, he, he's going to shoot. Um, and then he was also the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's like an all-defense type of guy that, you know, college awards don't always translate. But um, he's a very good team defender. He helps um, – he's an aggressive team defender, so he helps a lot um, to – not to like a huge extent where like he's gambling all the time, but he's very disciplined on the ball. He was very, he was good in college, but I think it's gonna, his size is just gonna hurt him because he doesn't have the greatest frame either. Um, so I don't think, I think it'll be like a slight negative on defense, but he, on, on, uh, you know, as a help defender, he could be a playmaker there. And yeah, he's just, he's just a hooper. Like I could see why a lot of people like him. The only reason, I would say there's a Fred Van Vliet uh, comparison there, even though I don't like comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference I'd say that uh, Fred Van Vliet could get to the rim more um, more than Malachi Flynn can, but Malachi has that in-between game that Fred doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both bad finishers, and then I think Fred Van Vliet's a very good, sh- way better shooter. Um, Malachi will be a good backup guard, that like, I don't know. I don't really love backup guards in the first round, but he'll be a good one. And the only way I see him start is if he becomes like a crazy good shooter. So right. I think he just that's what he has to really work on just a shot because he's not gonna get to the rim. And the the playmaking is also very good too though. So but yeah, he just needs to be a very good shooter because he's not gonna be a, a two way guy or like you know anything else. So yeah, he just. He needs to work on that shot. Yeah, I really wonder like how the Fred thing is going to like his free agency is going to play into the Raptors draft because like I'm not typically one to you know say go draft for, for position and obviously won't we won't know what's going to happen with Fred until after the draft goes down. Maybe we get some inkling as to where he's leaning, but that doesn't seem terribly likely. It seems like he's going to hit the markets, see what offers are out there, and then kind of revisit things. Um, you know, could Flynn? Do you think in the event that Fred ends up leaving? Do you think Flynn could step in and just be a backup point guard to Kyle Lowry next year? Or is this sort of a thing where it'll take a little bit longer? I know he's a three-year college guy, so maybe he's more pro-ready. Um, but, you know, in the event that it is Flynn, does he find a role in the team next season if Fred is gone? Or even if Fred is still there, maybe he he can kind of swap in as a third guard. Yeah, he can play next season. Like, he's NBA-ready right away. Um, he could be a backup guard. He could be a third guard. Um yeah, even if Fred Van Vliet's there or not, he just adds value because he can shoot uh, off spot-ups, he can shoot off the dribble. There's not a lot of guys that could dribble off the bench, like uh, one of my Raptors friends said. So, yeah, he would automatically just be a plus rotation player in the playoffs for a lot of teams. Like, a lot of teams should look at Malachi Flynn. Mm-hmm. In terms of the guys who you figure are going to be there around 29, does Flynn rank high, low, medium, as far as options for the Raptors for you? Mm, I would say he ranks a little bit lower. I like a lot of guys more than him. Like mm. uh, Riller, I like more than him. Isaiah Joe, I like more. Uh, Tillman and Najee. So, yeah, he he ranks a little bit lower, but I can see why a lot of people like him. 
Totally. Uh, and then another guard who also worked out for the Raptors over the weekend to wrap this thing up here, Robel, uh, Devon Dotson from Kansas, a sophomore guard, averaged 18 a game for Kansas last year. We talked about him a little bit a couple months back. He was sort of at the back end of our conversation about potential guards for the Raptors to, to target. Uh, and I don't recall you having the highest opinion of Devon Dotson. What's the read on Dotson? And, uh, you know, sort of where does he rank for you in that group of guards as well? Yeah, I, I I didn't really change my mind about him. He's just uh, he's kind of like way lower. Like I like Malachi Flynn a lot more better. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is he's really fast. Like like I said, like he's third fastest guy in the class. Um, I like his spot up shooting upside a little bit more. Um, I think I was watching a few um, pre draft workouts and he seemed to have kind of fixed the jumper. I'm not taking a lot of stock in that, but. I think he'll probably a good spot of shooting is not that hard to learn. So um, I don't see him. I don't see really a pathway for him to become a starter. Like for Malachi Flynn, I think it's a pretty uh, not that hard to attain, but for him, it's like near, it's nearly impossible because like he has no pull up. Uh, the playmaking is like, it's like meh. And he does get to the rim a lot, but he can't really finish. Like he was a, he was a good college finisher, but I just, he doesn't have really like um, any bounce or like finishing craft for it to really translate to the NBA. So I'm not really the biggest fan of Dotson. Yeah, uh, from the very very little I've seen of him and sort of the comparative reading that I've done between him and the other guys available there, he doesn't seem to me like a guy to really target there at 29. Do you think he's someone who could potentially fall to 59? Say they grab a big or something at uh at 29 and they're looking to balance it out with a guard is he someone who you think could be there when they get down to that part of the draft or will he be gone well before then yeah he'll probably be gone before 40 honestly like like good he's still a good guard like guards usually get drafted high they don't drop all the way to like you know 60 or something like that Mm -hmm. he averaged 18 points a game and he's a sophomore so he's still like pretty good prospect just I would take him in like early second round, mm-hmm. not 29. Well, that's good to know. Uh, and we just got a couple of prospect break- breakdowns from you. We're going to get a whole lot more on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. So everyone, please make sure you tune in. Uh, we're going to talk about the likes of Xavier Tillman and Isaiah Joe and a whole bunch of other guys, Cassius Winston as well. If you are uh, a fan of more uh, guards who might be available at 29 to potentially fill in for Fred Van Vliet if he does depart for greener pastures or more expensive, less green pastures. I don't know. Uh, We'll get to those guys and a bunch more on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. We'll also kind of dive into that back part of the draft 59, the undrafted free agent class and who the Raptors should potentially target there. Uh, And we'll do a lot more before we get to that though, before we sign off Robel, where can people check out your work? Yeah. So um, I have a YouTube channel called some me and coach. Just got to type down the YouTube search bar and you'll find it. I make videos about NBA draft prospects, NBA players, and even high school players. So if you like that, go subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to, you know, make a living out of this and, you know, you subscribing will help. So, uh, you know, go check my channel out. Go do it. It's great. Uh, Really, really excellent stuff ahead of the draft. Uh, Some of my favorite videos I've seen so far in draft preparation. So go check it out at Robel Tussin on Twitter as well. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, you can subscribe to this podcast uh, wherever you get them. You know, Apple, 
Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Please leave ratings and reviews. It's much appreciated when you do that as well. And of course, uh, check out all of the Lockdown Podcast Network offerings we have for you, including Locked on NBA, Locked on MLB, Locked on NHL as the NHL offseason rolls along and the plan for next season clarifies a little bit as well. Go check it all out. And uh, we appreciate the support very, very much. All right, that'll do it. We'll be back again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.